0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to an emergency episode seven, or I guess, I guess Mitch, would it be episode six and a half, maybe, of, of well, the TriStar we'll Takedown?
1: Well, let's see seven just for the numbers sake.
0: Okay, so in episode seven of the TriStar Takedown, I'm your co-host, Jake Nichols, here with my boy, Mitch Davis, with a quick um, put-up of this podcast. I know we posted one just Yesterday or the day before of what we've done recently from that reaction from Tennessee's loss to Georgia State. But this one coming after a (laughs) very, uh, a, a, a not a very bad situation for Tennessee social media wise. Wide receiver Jordan Murphy, who was sick this past week, according to Jeremy Pruitt, according to what he said earlier in his press conference, Pruitt said that he would be at practice today, but maybe not. After this tweet, as earlier today, according to my screenshot, he basically quote tweeted a meme talking about Georgia State's win over Tennessee that, st- that states, it's, it's from uh, Transfer Portal, at NCAA Portal, Georgia State walking into Tennessee's athletic department to collect that $950,000, and it's basically a meme for, for anyone that doesn't know. It's a meme of a guy walking into a store basically dressed, you know, like a pimp ready to ready to collect money. And so Jordan Murphy quote tweeted it and said with a laughing emoji, "Man, y'all can't tell me this ain't funny." So, basically, long story short, one of Tennessee's most prolific wide receivers is making a gigantic joke out of their loss to Georgia State, which in summation is not a good look in the slightest.
1: And from my perspective, you forgot to mention the, the fact that the wide receiver that recently decommitted from Tennessee
0: retweeted the tweet. Like yes, yes. Antonio Barber so, just retweeted the tweet. Yeah, so if you look through if you look through the likes from the tweet as well, you know, you don't see any Tennessee fans because all the Tennessee fans are rightfully pissed about that loss. And that's another thing that, you know, made people mad earlier today is Jeremy Pruitt said that, you know, like everyone else, like the fans, everyone within the program, within the Anderson Training Center was quote, disappointed with the loss. And people quoted, you know, talk, quoted the video earlier today that Tennessee football put out and said, We're not disappointed. We're mad. We're pissed. You know, they're angry about it. They're not just disappointed. They're ready to see some action taken as far as improvement is concerned. And Jordan Murphy's tweet certainly does not help the situation. Tennessee fans commenting on it, telling him just a lot of different things. Delete the tweet, leave the program, quit, all this different stuff, because no one wants to see that kind of negativity out of anyone on Tennessee's roster, especially not a wide receiver. Like Jordan Murphy has been, but that just tells you the kind of cultural problem that not only existed under Butch Jones, but still apparently exists under Jeremy Pruitt, as they are, as at least Jordan Murphy is making light of a situation as bad as the one that Tennessee endured on Saturday when it lost to Georgia State. Now, um, a couple of years ago, whenever Butch Jones was first fired back in 2017, And Brady Hoke was brought on as head coach. Jawan Jennings released an Instagram video that was basically a rant about the coaches, about the culture around Tennessee. And he was, as most will remember, he was dismissed from the team. And obviously he went through the protocol, talked to Philip Fulmer once he was made athletic director. Then once Jeremy Pruitt was brought into the scene, you know, people asked him, what about Jawan Jennings? Will he be able to rejoin the program? And Pruitt said, we'll have to see. Since then, Jawan Jennings jumped through hoops. He did all the things necessary to rejoin this football team and uh, really has become a leader within this wide receiving core, but also on the team. He's excited to play football every day. He was one of the few that looked impressive on Saturday in the loss to Georgia State. You know, he's, he's excited to be out there. He has completely, I think, changed his attitude and become really what he once was for the Tennessee program once, when he first started. Now, how would that look to Jawan Jennings after rejoining this program, after jumping through all those hoops, just to be a part of the Tennessee football program when a wide receiver, when someone in his fellow position group, when one of his teammates makes complete light of a loss as bad as the Georgia State one was?
1: You know, I think uh, from my side of the the this, uh, this spectrum, that that's just—it's not a good look. You know, and you start have to question because of the Jawan Jennings stuff. What two years ago, a year ago? Yeah, right. he jumped through all the hoops to get through there, but he kind of had a point two years ago when he said, "Hey, this coaching staff is basically crap." Right. And so now that this is resurfaced after a loss to a. Really, really bad Georgia State. Like, we can't reiterate that enough. Like, Georgia State is bad. Like, two and 10 last season, picked fifth out of six teams in their division in the Sun Belt
0: type bad. at, At least, at least Jennings' rant, you know, however disrespectful you want to take it as, at least it had a point. Jordan Murphy laughing at a loss like this deserves no point. And if Jeremy Pruitt wants to make an example out of him like he should and prove that, you know, no loss in the Tennessee program, let alone one as bad as the one on Saturday, is a laughing matter, then Jordan Murphy should no longer be a part of this football team.
1: Do you think he'll let him go?
0: I I think so. I think that it'll, you know, that it'll take a day or so to sort out and that there will be several conversations in-house first. But I do think that the end result will have to be that Jordan Murphy is off the team or else you risk losing the entire program. Because at this point from, from something I think that that Chad Withrow tweeted earlier from one Oh four five, the zone in Nashville, he was one of the first aside from um, aside from myself and a couple others to really notice it. And, you know, uh, take note of the fact that Jordan Murphy's tweet was up and, it was, it was up for an hour before it was deleted. For an entire hour. So that tells you one thing about the fact that they obviously haven't been monitoring enough. Well, but, see,
1: and, and that's the thing that you and I talked about before we got on here is the fact that that's the job of the SID. That's the job of the compliance. And so if these guys are not monitoring and doing their job, what is the actual state of this program?
0: I think it's... Even and even worse disarray than I thought after the Georgia State loss. I said, you know, yesterday, the day before, that it was in complete shambles. I'm gonna take that and say that those shambles have been smashed by Thor's hammer, and it's in even more pieces than I thought because this is this is not a good look. From Chad Withrow, what he when he quote tweeted earlier, which obviously uh, Murphy's tweet has since been deleted. They finally got around to you know, hey, you probably need to take this down. After two hours, after two
1: hours. Right, two but, hours.
0: Right, but uh, Chad Withrow tweeted, I'm sure Philip Fulmer is super excited that Tennessee players find the loss to Georgia State so funny. And then also quote tweeted that and said, and I agree with this, back to what I said about Jawan Jennings' outlook on a comment like this from Jordan Murphy. A code red should be issued from, Ch- uh, from Chad Withrow. A code red should be issued, and if multiple players don't make this guy fear bodily harm, at the very least, the Vols are going 1-11 at best. This would not stand in an actual strong locker room, which I I completely agree with that statement.
1: Which is a huge, huge type of statement. When you're heading into a game against a BYU team who, when you texted me late last night after we had dropped this podcast, you said that, or no, it was this morning, Jeremy Pruitt's presser, when he said that, the BYU quarterback, reminded him of Johnny Menzel. Like, that doesn't stand well with this team. Even if they do get rid of Murphy and they, you know, kind of clean the house a little bit, there has to be some kind of unrest throughout this entire locker room and entire and, and basically unrest amongst the entire Vol Nation.
0: Oh, no doubt. No doubt about it. There is complete unrest right now and, you know, complete culture shock because by the look of it, You know, after Butch Jones was gone, once Philip Fulmer came in, everyone was calmer. They thought that the ship had finally been righted. They thought that everything was going to be fine under Jeremy Pruitt, or maybe not fine. You know, it would take some time to rebuild, but that there wouldn't be the culture problem that there was under Butch Jones. And obviously, that's not the case when you have players spouting off on Twitter laughing at a loss that your team just endured. And so it makes me wonder now, this is pure speculation but with jeremy pruitt saying earlier today that jordan murphy was sick last week you know it makes you even wonder if he was sick
1: exactly and and this is the question i have for you and you know looking into this program what do you think that conversation between phil former and coach pruitt what, what is going what is being said because there's no excuse because coach Philip Fulmer took this program to new heights back to heights that general general Nealon took to this program. And then how Jeremy Pruitt was supposed to be the guy to come in and resurrect this place and kind of play the Jesus per se of this program. And this is happening on Twitter.
0: You know, I think that I think that for Philip Fulmer right now, it's going to be a meeting of advice to Jeremy Pruitt because near the end of of his tenure, if you'll remember Mitch Fulmer, Under under his leadership, Tennessee began to have several players arrested, getting in trouble with the law stuff like that. And obviously, you know, that that's different, different, at least to some extent from spouting off on Twitter. But if I'm Philip former, I'm looking at Jeremy Pruitt saying you need to get a hold of this program now because before I have to do something with you like Mike Hamilton did with me or before you just lose control of this group altogether, like Philip Fulmer seemed to lose control of his team a little bit back in the early 2000s.
1: You know, you mentioned yesterday on the podcast, you said you expect maybe 65,000 at the game. After this tweet, are the fans really going to want to come out and support this team knowing that there are at least one? To, uh, there's not, he's not alone. He's not alone. Let's, let's reiterate that. He's not alone. I guarantee you he's not alone in his feeling of this. You know, oh no doubt, no doubt. I mean, but, and so would the fans actually want to come out and support this, or will the numbers be even lower than sixty five thousand, maybe even thirty thousand, maybe forty thousand?
0: I'm gonna go fifty to fifty five at this point. I'll go a little. So lower, we've lost, but, we've
1: lost ten thousand of our fans, or the fans, yeah. then, yeah.
0: Yes, but the one thing that uh, I saw going through comments from fans that had responded to Jordan Murphy. Before the athletic department got a hold of it, before we took it down, and before people really started commenting on it, I just started combing through the comments made from fans. And Mitch, you wouldn't – I mean, well, you would believe the response that they had, but it was incredible because, you know, there were several people commenting on it from different parts of the state, different parts of the country saying, you know, I'm glad you think it's funny to laugh at a loss. And you probably think it's funny too. Whenever I drive and spend my hard-earned money to watch you crap—obviously a different word used there—to watch you crap the
1: bed. I mean, and, and that and that's a great perspective. And here's the thing: you look go look down and look at the ticket sales. You go on StubHub right now. You look at the BYU game. You know what the cheapest ticket as of right now? Like forty can, something dollars, isn't it? No, it's dropped all the way down to like fifteen. You could How's look it at. Really, you looked at UT Chattanooga, ten dollars. When was the last time you can get into a Tennessee game for ten dollars? Georgia at My Tennessee, goodness. who last who what two years ago was a two hundred or three hundred dollar ticket? Ninety five. Mississippi State at Tennessee, thirty nine. South Carolina at Tennessee, forty dollars. UAB, who just won the conference
0: USA, ten dollars. My goodness.
1: Vanderbilt at Tennessee, get just. Just take a guess on how much tickets are going for for that game.
0: Fifteen dollars,
1: twenty bucks. When was the last time, last game of the year, arch rival Vanderbilt was going for less than hundred dollars?
0: Goodness gracious!
1: And you and you go and you click on these tickets. There is tickets available in every section, every section, and this is supposed to be the checkerboard kneeling. Like you can get a lower level seat, midfield section U. For ninety dollars, face value on those is over two hundred. Goodness you go to, gracious! You go on, you go on the visitor side, section C, right behind the visiting bench, right on the fifty-yard line, eighty-one dollars.
0: When was and, the last th- time? Typically, typically fifty-yard line seats, you know, two fifty minimum per ticket.
1: Oh, without a doubt. Let's. I'm actually going to go look on here on the ball ticket site. And actually see what the face value of these tickets are because it it, it speaks volumes, and that's a, that's a storyline that I'm gonna be watching throughout this week as more stuff comes out. Because I guarantee you, like I've like I've said before, and I can't reiterate this enough, he's not alone. Like he he's truly truly not alone. Like when you look at what usually when there's a little smoke, there's usually a bigger fire.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: And so so when you look at that, when you look at the fact that he was tweeting that, I'm telling you, he's not alone, like he's not alone. And and that's what and that's what's crazy to me is the fact that he's not alone and the fact that it's going to be interesting to see if anybody else speaks up and says, hey, you know what? Hey, we're coming. We're we're going through the same crap. As he is, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It is a laughing matter because, you know what? Our coaching staff is too incompetent. And I can say that because I'm not credentialed at UT. I'm credentialed at Memphis. Go Tigers all the way. Everybody knows that. But the thing about it is on the outside, looking in as a college football fan, this is embarrassing to the SEC, not only to the SEC, but it's embarrassing to the volunteer state as, as a whole.
0: I agree with you completely. And you're you're absolutely right in saying that there's no one that 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 he's not alone in that. But it just it makes you hurt for the people that drove. You know, there was there was a guy for that Georgia State game I saw on Twitter drove like 10 and a half hours from Wisconsin for his wife's very first game. And then my girlfriend yesterday looked at me, you know, going over just talking about the Georgia State game and said there was probably there were probably. You know, however many little boys, five, six-year-olds, like I used to be, like we used to be, going to their very first Tennessee game, and they watch that product on the field, and now the players themselves are laughing at it, that's, that's incorrigible.
1: And, here, and here's the thing. I'm, I'm looking at the BYU tickets on the official Allballs.com. The price zones, they have different zone levels here. They start off at $60 and the cheapest. And the most expensive ticket is at $75 for that game on allballs.com. You go down to the other SEC games, and that's the official, you know, seller of the volunteers, whatever. Mm -hmm. You go look at the Georgia game, who was, what, a $300 ticket two years ago? And they jump up in prices at the cheapest being $110. And there are thousands of tickets available for Georgia. Thousands of tickets. And that's not a far drive from Athens.
0: That's I don't right. doubt it because people know that people know that Tennessee is going to get absolutely trucked in that game unless something changes drastically. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised, Mitch, at this point, if we see the same thing at Neyland Stadium. And let me preface this with the fact that this would be an absolute shame for the Tennessee football program and something to try to move on from immediately. But I wouldn't be surprised if – Neland Stadium became the week that Tennessee, the week that Tennessee hosted Georgia became what Vanderbilt Stadium was whenever the dogs came to Nashville this past Saturday a sea of red
1: which would be an absolute and honestly it would be an embarrassment to it, it would be embarrassment to Phil former it'd be embarrassment to this program I mean you and you go down the line you look at the Vanderbilt game usually Vanderbilt that's home that's usually. Uh, senior Day, all this, it's its usually sold out. There are tickets on allfalls.com available in every single section. And that's the official resale site of the Tennessee Volunteers. Now, in comparison, you go over to basketball, every basketball game is going to probably be close to sold out this year. And Tennessee basketball is right. not going to be that great this year. But this is embarrassing. This has been the case for Tennessee football for the last, I mean, Correct me if I'm wrong. This uh, this has been the case for the last what, ten years.
0: I mean <laughs> ten it's been- years. But I think that I think that today that takes it to a new level because, like I said before, with with Jawan Jennings, you know at, at least he had a point in saying that the coaching staff at that point was crap because it was. But with this, laughing openly, not just you know in private, but putting this on Twitter and openly saying that you're laughing at the fact that your own university has to pay almost a million dollars because you lost to a nobody school is more than embarrassing. It's appalling. And, you know, looking at this from from another viewpoint, I will say that there is a list I know, um, looking, at, looking at what fans are saying on Twitter, looking at what uh, fellow media members are saying on Twitter right now, there is a list of Tennessee players right now that I know did have solid showings on Saturday that played well and should be recognized. Trey Smith, Eric Gray, Jameer Johnson, Jawan Jennings, Sean Schamburger, Greg Emerson, Henry To'o To'o, some of those. But that just tells you about the complete unrest in this locker room that Mitch, that there's, there's a chasm there between the Jordan Murphys of the Tennessee locker room versus the Jawan Jennings right now. And that is something that is not going to be an easy fix.
1: Which here's the question. And, you know, we'll wrap up and a lot of people are probably, I mean, I know a lot of Tennessee fans are probably tired of talking about it. But I mean, as long as stuff like this keeps happening, you and I are going to have to keep talking about it. So unless they want to make this stop, they got to stop acting stupid, basically. But here's my here's my question for you is what's next? What's next for this program? Are they going to have to go 0-2 against a not-so-good BYU team, or is it the fact that they're going to try to rally around when they're, they've lost the fan support? I mean, they have completely lost the fan support. They, they're going to have the loyal 50,000 fans that have been Tennessee fans for 100 years, passed down from General Neyland all the way down to Phil Fulmer, now down to Jeremy Pruitt, then put up with the good and the bad. But, or is it going to be the more of, hey, Jeremy Pruitt's lost his team, if they lose to BYU or if somebody else comes out and says this or posts something, you know, deceptive or whatever, this is officially going into a new realm that I don't think any Tennessee fan has ever expected their program. A once-proud program that was on the lines of, you know, maybe not on the lines of Alabama because Alabama is by itself. It was on the lines with
0: Clemson. Mitch. Before you before you go into that, remember Alabama was really bad too back in the nineties.
1: Oh, that's very true. But they still won a championship in '92. That's true. That's true. And, and that's the thing. Even if they're worse, they still weren't losing to Georgia. I mean Georgia State. I know they lost to Louisiana Monroe first year for Nick Saban. But guess what? They still turned around and went to the Music City Bowl that year. And yeah. so there is, and there wasn't like this slow, slow train wreck that was happening in front of everybody's eyes like it is at Tennessee right now. I mean, this has been building and building and building, and we said this yesterday on the podcast. This has been building since they fired Phil Fulmer. Since they fired Fulmer, this has been leading and leading and leading to this point, and now you get to this point and you're going, man, this is, this is bad. I mean, and then I'm not just saying that because I'm a Memphis guy or a Kentucky guy or whatever. I'm saying that as a college football fan – Tennessee was once on the level, when you go back and look at the 80s and early 90s, early, early 2000s, Tennessee was on that level that Clemson is at right now. Clemson's not a powerhouse, I mean, not a perennial powerhouse team. They come on late, they won a championship, you know, they had a very similar program as to what Clemson is now. But now, Tennessee is completely, instead of building into their program, building into their fan base, they have completely done a... 360, and now are the complete laughing stock of college football.
0: Yeah, I think it, it descended even more, like I said, from, from losing to Georgia State. Now that Jordan Murphy tweet, single-handedly, he has pushed this program down even further and single-handedly reached out and pushed this fan base away from the program even more because it makes them wonder how many more of them are like this. And, you know, I... I will say that, you know, looking earlier today, there were several players that posted on Instagram that that had a specific um, had a specific post on their story from a from an account called mindset.therapy. The words say strange, isn't it? You know yourself better than anyone else, yet you crumble at the words of someone who hasn't even lived a second of your life. The world the world is filled with people who think they know you listen to no one else's voice but yours so talking about trying to tune out the haters trying to you know focus on what they have to do to salvage this season and then henry tooto posted um that that he hopes that god will turn this mess into a message and that was you know five six hours before the jordan murphy tweet so just after the loss itself players were talking about trying to trying to salvage this and trying to refocus themselves for the rest of the season. When on the other side, you have your Jordan Murphy's that are laughing at the state of the program right now. And it makes you wonder how many more of them there are. So I I think that it's safe to say that the Tennessee program right now, like I said before, not just in disarray, not just in shambles, but in shambles that are now separated by the work of a Thor hammer, otherwise known as Jordan Murphy, that, decided to wreak havoc on this program even more. And like I said at the beginning of this podcast, I think that if Jeremy Pruitt does not make an example of him and remove him from this team and remove that kind of culture from what he's trying to still create at Tennessee, and he still can. You know, Tennessee at this point, we can say that maybe we haven't seen the last of the Vols. Maybe, who knows, they're probably, you know, they won't go 11-1, and but maybe they can at least salvage part of this season and turn it into something positive but to do that he has to make an example of jordan murphy and he has to get rid of the negativity on this team that still permeates from from butch jones but also just from negativity that people choose to bring from themselves
1: you know and, and that's the kind of the failing that i get a little bit if he doesn't make this example of jeremy murphy this is gonna this is going to spiral out of control I mean, this is going to take a whole nother level. And what's surprising to me is we haven't seen guys like Clay Travis who wants to run his mouth the first thing when Tennessee does well. They beat they beat right. Kentucky. He's the first guy to say, oh, well, Tennessee's back. Now that Murphy's tweeting that, I haven't seen anything from him, and I haven't seen anything from any of the other big-name media guys in Tennessee. And right. so it's it's almost like, okay, yeah, you want to – ride the coattail when it's bad, but I mean ride the coattail when it's good, but you don't want to ride it when it's bad. And that's and that's the thing that I think is going to separate the Vol Nation. I think when you look at fans like yourself, when you look at fans, you know, like Peyton Manning. Like Peyton Manning played there, but he's a fan. He is a fan, you're gonna see those fans be positive, try to say, Hey, you know what? Kick him off the team, but yet when it goes bad, you're gonna have guys like Clay Travis not say anything. Just say right oh, well, I'm embarrassed, I'm going to go out and drink. Like, come on, man. Like, you got to support your team, and that's the thing that, you know, and and I'm coming back to this side of the state a little bit here, but that's where Tennessee can learn from Memphis. You look at a program like Memphis, who literally was beat down, beat down, beat down, beaten by Marshall, beaten team, you know, getting beat by UTEP and other programs like that going two and ten, four, five, six straight years, but finally, after year after year, and shout out the Tiger Nation, they stayed true. They stayed loyal. They didn't turn on each other when it got hard. And now look at Memphis. Memphis is the best team in the state and probably one of the best non-Power 5 teams in the country. It's been fine. Hopefully we don't have to have another one of these until Friday. Hopefully. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see about that. I mean, everybody knows where they find, the, find your work. So just tell not where to follow you on Twitter. What are your closing remarks on this?
0: Man, all I can say is that Jeremy Pruitt and Philip Fulmer better have a solution and fast. Otherwise, this thing is going to descend even more. And we're going to have a thousand more of these just mini podcasts updating you guys on the ever-growing dumpster fire that is Tennessee football. So um, all I can say is keep your thumbs at bay. Don't, don't tweet before you think. Unless you're Jordan Murphy, I guess. And be safe, be smart, and have fun. That's all I got.
1: Yeah. Thanks for listening to the TriStar Takedown. And uh, I mean, we literally just spent 30 minutes talking about the, A
0: single this single tweet.
1: Yeah. yeah. No. And I mean, in that, in that kind of speaks volumes as to where this Tennessee Volunteers program is heading. Jeremy Pruitt has to get this together. And coming from this other side of the state, and this is my closing remarks for any Tennessee fans out there, I want to see you do good. Now, I would love for you to play Memphis. Don't get me wrong. I would love for you to play Memphis each and every year because I think every state, whether it's Texas, Texas A&M, Kentucky, Louisville, Bama, Auburn, Duke, Carolina, everybody needs to play their in-state team, bottom line. But I want to see Tennessee because it makes college football that much better when you have – a really strong SEC because I'm gonna tell you right now, Kentucky's not going anywhere. Georgia sure as heck ain't going anywhere. Auburn's not going anywhere. Alabama's not going anywhere. Texas A&M and LSU are not going anywhere. Neither is Florida. Now the rest of them, the rest of the SEC, that's a we'll talk about that on Friday. We might even talk. Wait till we will talk about that on the week two. But the rest of the SEC is so easy to win in because it's not. It's a very top heavy league. You got about four. I'd say you got about five teams that are actually relevant in college football and that sixth team needs to be the Tennessee Volunteers to make college football as great as it usually is. Over the 150 years we've had college football, when you look at the great years, Tennessee Volunteer football has been the catapult of that great